faith is not even in my truck. My faith is in the Lord. My faith is in that somebody's tradition. My faith is in the Lord. When everything else comes and goes, my faith is in the Lord. Everybody say hallelujah. Everybody say glory. Everybody say mm, mm, mm. All right, now that'll give you something to say. The time in which we get out of here depends on you. Here's how I preach. If I think you're getting it, I'll see a response. Or I'll hear a response. Or you'll wave your hand. Or you'll push somebody into the aisle. If you're too quiet, I think you're not getting it. So the quieter you are, the longer I'll go. Some of you are afraid because you grew up in some of the Pentecostal circles that the more you shouted, the longer the preacher preached. I'm not that guy. Because I think if you're shouting about it, you get it. Plus, Miss Janet has cooked lunch for me and I have skipped breakfast. So I'm just looking for a reason to go to her house and dine because the master calleth. Glory to God. Go to the book of Daniel, chapter 3. God does not always do what we think He should do. I thank God that He put Pastor Samuel in my life. Pastor Samuel helps me to believe that there are men of God that are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that man will love you even if he knows something about you. See, I want a pastor that knows my stuff and loves me anyway. I want a pastor that encourages me. I want a pastor that lifts me up. And I want to thank God for Pastor Samuel Purdy. If you appreciate him, would you let him know it right now? He's been such a blessing in my life. He knows a lot of people and a lot of people know him and a lot of people like him and he can invite anybody in the world that he'd want to to preach here and they would be honored to preach here, but he calls me anyway. And so I'm going to do my best to honor him and honor this house. Daniel chapter 3. I'm trying not to call this message KFC. But I'm, you know, you know I I do love fried chicken and so... But I'm trying not to call it that because, you know, I'm trying to be spiritual. and so Trying. I do try. I really do try to be serious sometimes. It's just that the other side comes out. But, but, but now, you know, Pastor, when, when God called us to preach, we thought we were going to get to preach our favorite message all the time. And we don't get to. We have to preach a series on faithfulness. Or we have to preach a teaching on giving. Or we have to preach on, you know... People not being bitter and not, but this time, oh, not today. Today's one of my favorites today. Look at somebody and say, hurry up. He's going to go too long. Hurry up. He's going to go too long. Turn to Daniel chapter three and let's read verse one. And then we're going to read a couple more verses. And then I'm going to preach for three hours. Unless you shout me down. There we see. We're down to two hours and 30 minutes. 215. There we go. Two hours. I'm 45, I'm 45, I'm 45, 45, and a half. See how it works? I've already not from for three hours, hour and a half already. Look at that. All right, Daniel chapter 3, verse 1. Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was three score cubits, 
cubits. That's 120 feet. And the breadth thereof was six cubits and set it up in the plain of Durah in the province of Babylon. It's actually carved into the side of a mountain. Part of it is still there yet today. Jump with me to verse 14. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? You do not serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up. Now if ye be ready that what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sack, the sackbath, the psaltery, the ducimer, all sounds of music, that you would fall down and worship the image which I have made. But if you worship not, then I'll cast you the same hour in the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God that can deliver you from my hands? Not not only is he threatening Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He's saying, you don't serve a God big enough to save you from what I can do to you. I'm I'm, I'm amazed that we live in a time that we're more worried about what the government's going to do. I would like to inform them, I serve a God that they can't control. I serve a God they can't stop. I serve a God that can heal. I serve a God that can bring you out anyway. I wish somebody would believe in the God we serve. Hallelujah. He said, but if you, who is this God that can deliver you out of my hands? And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they answered and they said, O king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not even careful to answer you. Sometimes you're going to not be careful to give the answer. Verse 17. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. Number one, God is able. Everybody say God is able. And he will deliver us out of your hand. And then number two, I have the knowledge that God is able. Number two, I have the faith that he will. Knowledge starts with a K. Faith starts with an F. Get, hold on, it's my sermon, not yours. But verse 18, but if not, but if not, be it known unto you, O king, we will not serve your God, nor worship your image which thou hast set up. Commitment. Even if God doesn't do what I want Him to do when I want Him to do it, I will not stop serving God. I don't care what they say. I don't care what they do. I will not give up on God because Jesus didn't give up on me. When I was alone and in sin and on my way to hell, He reached down and picked me up anyway. He didn't throw me out when I backslid. He didn't throw me out when I got bitter, when I got hurt. He stayed with me. He didn't leave me when I got mad. Jesus will stay with you and I'm going to be committed to Him. Somebody clap your hands if you're going to be committed to the Lord. Knowledge, faith, commitment, KFC. (laughs) I get to preach fried chicken, (laughs) glory to God. All right, jump with me real quick. So we know that, now we know that they get thrown into the fiery furnace. And then all of a sudden, then verse 24, Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and he rose up in haste and spake unto the counselors. Did we not cast three men bound into the fire? And they said in answer, true, O king. And he said, lo, I see a fourth man loose. I see a fourth man loose. There's only one mediator between God and man. That is the man, Christ Jesus. I see a fourth man loose walking in the midst 
of the fire, walking in the midst of the trouble, walking down through the hospital halls, walking into a hospital room, walking into the difficulty, walking into the situation. Aren't you glad that Jesus will walk into your situation and bring you out anyway? Glory to God. And the form of the, form of the fourth is like the Son of God. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth and they did not even smell like smoke. They didn't even smell like smoke. They had knowledge and they have faith and they have commitment and they have their KFC. Yeah, KFC. And we, we, we know that... Let, let, let me remind you of what's happened. Israel has been conquered by a foreign enemy. They have been conquered by Babylon. They have been conquered by the Babylonians. They have destroyed many cities they have sacked the temple they have sacked jerusalem and they have taken away prisoners daniel is one of the main prisoners but then shadrach meshach and abednego are also with them they have just taken treasures they have taken sacred items they have taken gold silver and they have taken the people as slaves and even shadrach meshach have had their names changed and even after they had their names changed they castrated them It's one thing for you to change my name. It's one thing to steal from me. It's another thing to hurt me intimately. I I know the room went quiet because we were talking about a very delicate issue. But it's one thing when I know that you've hurt me intimately. That I'll never be able to be productive. I'll never be able to reproduce. I'll never have a bloodline. They have taken away a man's right to pass on to other sons and to pass on to daughters it's it's be careful that the enemy isn't trying to slip into the church and make us to where we don't have another generation and make us where we can't pass it on to our kids and pass it on to our grandkids let me tell you something i don't care if you connect on facebook i don't care if you're watching on a tablet i don't care if you're watching on your phone i'm still going to be preaching the gospel of jesus christ i'm going to get to the next generation i'm going to get to another generation I'm going to keep lifting up the name that's above every name. And they, they are not going to be able to take away our effectiveness. We are still going to produce Christians. We're still going to produce those filled with the Spirit. We're still going to produce healings and casting out devils. They will not stop the church of Jesus Christ. For even the gates of hell won't be able to prevail against us. And these men are intelligent and they are smart and they are actually put into the, into the service of the government and they are rulers over different provinces and they have knowledge and they have faith and they have commitment. But their heart, they still serve the Lord. Are you able to serve the Lord and be in the middle of the heathen? Are you able to serve the Lord and nobody else around you is serving? Because remember... Jehovah has never allowed an image of himself to be molded. He's never allowed an image of himself to be formed because if we put, if we tried to form an image of God, the moment we finished it, it's already too small. It's already has limitations. And God said, I'm too big. I have no limitations. I go beyond, I go backwards, I go forwards. I am the beginning and I am the ending. And beside me, there is no other. But Nebuchadnezzar the heathen always want to form an image. If you, you'll, watch, you'll watch that the enemy always makes you focus on a thing. You'll focus on a vehicle. You'll focus on 
on alcohol. You'll focus on a chemical. You'll focus on a mask. You'll focus on a virus. The enemy will get you to focus on a thing. And God says, I want you to focus on something that's invisible, that's spiritual, that, that, it, that does not have any limitation because God can supersede your car. God can supersede your addiction. God can supersede anything that's happening in your life. Don't let the enemy point you to a thing. You turn around and say, yeah, but I'm pointing you to the invisible, spiritual God of all the universe. Somebody clap your hands. He's... Now, Nebuchadnezzar did not form an image of himself. He formed an image of the number one Babylonian god called Marduk. That's what the image he formed. It's 120 feet tall. And here's some of the characteristics they believed their god had. They believed that their god had eyes all around his head so he could see in 360 perspective simultaneously. For the eyes of the Lord go to and fro into all the earth, seeking whom he can show himself strong to. There is no shadow of turning in him. Our God can see all things at all times. Another thing they thought Marduk could do is that they thought he could speak in unknown languages. Okay, some of y'all don't speak in tongues, but for you tongue talkers, you kind of know that our God has languages that even the earth does not understand. And they also thought that Marduk, they thought that fire was his expression. But let me correct you. Our God is a consuming fire. He burns in and he burns out. And they also thought that he was considered, that Marduk was considered the God of gods. Little G, there's only one God. And the image of Marduk was carved into a mountain. And it was unique because... It, here's what's unique. Look, look at somebody next to you and say, you are different. You have the capacity for natural and emotional and spiritual simultaneously. You have the capacity to experience the natural and the emotional and the spiritual simultaneously. The natural is what we call your five senses. You really have six, but we call them five. The eyes, the ears, the taste, the touch, the smell. Anybody ever heard of the five senses? Raise your hand if you have. Okay. The sixth one is called kinetic. If you like to go fast, if you like to, if you like to ride roller coasters, if you like to hit something and it go a long way, that's called kinetic Sensory. That, that's why some of you, you don't want to go fast. And some of you, we can't slow you down. That's why I have totaled eight vehicles. Look, I watched too much Dukes of Hazard growing up. Right now. I watched The Bullet with Steve McQueen. I have watched too many. <laughs> Trust me, Jesus. Why? I like the feeling of speed. It creates sensories. It create you will have you'll you'll do something. When, when, when we went to eat, and let me tell you, if you leave this country, they drive different. Okay? We have stoplights and lanes. They have go. No stoplights, no stop signs, everybody just go. It's kind of like an all skate in the same general direction. You just figure it out. Some of y'all remember the rolling rink, some of y'all don't. Lord, help me connect with this new generation. They don't even know what a roller rink is. Help me, Jesus. They don't know what an all-skate is. Okay, anyway. 
But when you, when you drive in the Philippines or we drive in, in Africa or you drive in, in Egypt, just got back, they would, every car we were in, they would put me in the front. I'm like, why are you putting me in the front? It's like, because you don't twitch. You don't get scared. Doesn't matter who we're about to hit, where we're about to stop. You don't even flinch. I said, I know, I'm having a good time. But somebody else in the same experience is having fear. One person is comfortable and exhilarated. See, because some of you can't tell the difference between fear and excitement. Yo, that's real good. Some of you get afraid. I get excited. And some of you, the enemy comes against you and you get afraid. The enemy comes against me and I start revving up the power of the Holy Ghost. And I start getting excited because I know it's not about me. He's not attacking me for me. He's attacking the Spirit of God that is in me. And I have a spirit because greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. So I, I can experience the natural. But then you can experience the emotional. You have feelings. You have fear. You have victory. You have anger. You have discouragement. You, you, you have energy or, or you feel tired. That is all emotional. At the same time, you can experience the Spirit of God. It's through your spirit that God contacts you. It's through the Spirit that you hear the voice of God, that you feel the power of God. And then after you sense it in the Spirit, then you have to equate it to the emotional and to the natural. So God goes through the Spirit. The enemy deals through the natural. God deals with you through your spirit. The enemy deals with you through your natural and you become the battleground for the natural and the spiritual fight and then you have an emotion about it. God is spirit. Those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Jesus said you must worship in spirit and in truth. Romans chapter 8, 6 and 7 said to be carnally minded, naturally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded you'll have life and peace. Both of those are referring to the emotional state that will happen when you click into the spirit of God. Your spirit, your mind and your body are one unit. And some people, by nature, they're more timid. Some people, by nature, they're more courageous. But even the hardened soldier will tell you there is a point where every person is afraid. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in a situation where even the hardened soldier would be afraid. They're going to throw you into a fire. That's going to cause you to be afraid. I'm not saying you don't trust the Lord. See, we, have not, we, we haven't balanced this out. We think if I'm afraid, I don't trust the Lord. I can do both simultaneously. You can be afraid and still trust the Lord. Thank you. One good amen. You can be afraid and still trust the Lord. Because you don't know the end, He does. Sometimes in your life you have circumstances, you have situations, you have tragedies, you have sickness, you're fearful, you're afraid, you're worried. Tim, Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1 says that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but He's given us a spirit. He's given a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. The Holy Spirit speaks to you, moves on you, and then you have to equate it, and then you move through it. But the enemy is fighting the natural at the same time that God is trying to put the Spirit of God into you. And faith is not based on what you can tangibly see. We walk by, not by. Okay. 
So you can experience something by the Spirit of God and the natural circumstances try to make you wonder if you really experience that. Let me say that again because you got quiet. That means you didn't understand. You can experience something in the Spirit. You can get a revelation. You can experience something in the Spirit and then the natural come against you and make you wonder, did I really get that in the Spirit? Did I really heal Did I really hear I'm going to be healed? Did I really hear I'm not going to have a nervous breakdown? Did I really hear I'm free from that addiction? Did I really hear I don't have to be mean, bitter, and angry? Did I really hear that in my spirit? And the enemy will come and attack the natural to take away the revelation that the Spirit of God gave you. Now, I can prove that in the book. I can prove that in the book because pastor's not going to let somebody in here that can't prove it by the book. How many, uh, how many of you remember, you weren't there, but you remember the story of Elizabeth was pregnant with John the Baptist. Look, every good Baptist at least ought to know about John the Baptist. Come on now, he did not start a denomination, but y'all are proud of him. She's pregnant with John the Baptist. That's a good one. She's pregnant with John the Baptist. Mary is also pregnant. Pregnant with Jesus. Amen. They both have supernatural in them. When Mary goes to meet Elizabeth, the Bible said that John, when it got close to Mary, that Jesus was in Mary, that John began to leap inside of Elizabeth and John was filled with the Holy Ghost even before he ever came into the world. So now he wasn't... He wasn't conscious of the world, but the Spirit had already given him a revelation that this is the one that I'm supposed to be preaching about when I get here. Everybody see that? So John, through the Spirit, gets revelation of who Jesus is. Amen? What happens later? John gets thrown in prison. Check your book. Not right now because I'm preaching. Do it later. John gets thrown in prison. He tells his own disciples, go and ask Jesus, are you the one or do we seek another? And don't throw rocks at John. We've all been there. That the natural natural made us wonder. Is Jesus going to help this time? Is Jesus going to heal this time? What is he really even real? I've known people who've been faithful to church, taught classes, preached, shout, sang, dance, rolled around on the floor, quit church because they got offended. Quit church because they lost a job. Quit church because they lost a spouse. Quit church because a relationship broke up. Quit They quit serving God because something bad happened. The natural changed and it moved their spirit away from the Lord. The natural can beat on you so hard that you literally will move away from the Lord. But we're not basing our faith on what's natural. We're basing our faith on what's eternal. Look, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't even have everything that you have. They didn't have Christian TV. They didn't have Christian radio. They didn't have YouTube. They didn't have TBN. They didn't have multiple Bibles. They didn't have revivals. They didn't have conferences. They didn't have the daily devotionals. They didn't have, they didn't have a lot of stuff. What they had was just them. 
Sometimes all the stuff isn't what you need to lean on. Sometimes what you need to lean on is what's really inside of your spirit. Sometimes you got to lean on the fact that I got saved when I was five. I got filled with the Holy Ghost. I got baptized. I've been changed. I've been rearranged. I might have failed. I might have fallen, but I got back up because Jesus is real when everybody else is fake. Jesus is real when everybody else leaves. Jesus is still real and my environment will not determine my commitment to the Lord. Somebody clap your hands and give God of praise so the first thing they say is that we have knowledge our God is able say God is able do you believe that God is able are you convinced that he's able are you convinced that he can still do it even if you don't understand it and then they say we got faith that he will everybody's good on the knowledge and everybody's good on the faith But when it hits the commitment, that's where we separate the men from the boys. That's where we separate the ladies from the girls. That's where the rubber meets the road. That's where the real meets the fake. Amen. Because there is a formula, and you cannot lose, but it cannot just be knowledge, and it cannot just be faith. There's got to be a commitment that even if he does not do what I want him to do and how I want him to do it, I will not stop serving the Lord. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop. Not going to do it. I know. Look for twenty. Look for twenty-five years. We've heard of wealth. We've heard of health and prosperity. All of us ought to be at least given a Rolls Royce and a new mansion. Guess what? That didn't happen. And so a bunch of them, because they didn't get their twenty, they didn't get their hundred dollar blessing on their twenty dollar offering. They split. They're gone. They can't take it anymore. But you are still here. You are still standing. You're tithing. You're giving. You're worshiping. You're praising God. And we be faithful to you. I don't have to be blessed with monetary things. I do want to be blessed in my spirit. I want to have faith when nobody else knows what to do. I want to have faith when I feel like I have fear. I want to have faith when I feel like I'm angry. I want to have faith when I feel like I'm bitter. I want the spirit of God more than I want anything else. If you believe that way, clap your hands and give God. Of praise. They didn't get the stuff, so they bowed out. They lost faith. They got disillusioned. They lost their commitment. You might lose your mind. You might lose hope. The circumstances sometimes cause people to bow out, but I'm, we're not going to bow out. We are not going to bow out. Look, I, 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 how many remember the story about Lazarus? And he was dead. 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 Have you ever felt like something was dead? Have you ever felt like a relationship was dead? Have you ever felt like a job was dead? Have you ever felt like you're just dead inside? And Jesus walks up and raises Lazarus from the dead. Ask who? In the very next chapter, the Bible says they plotted to kill Lazarus. What I do? They plotted to kill Lazarus. Lazarus is like, what I do? I was, I was, I was alive. Then I was dead. Now he got me back up from the dead. Why are you going to kill me? I already died. How are you going to threaten Lazarus with death? He done died before. 
Stop letting the enemy threaten you with something you've already been through before. I've been broke before. I've had to move before. I've lost houses before. I've been in car wrecks before. I've had to been broke down before. I've needed a new job before. I've had to start over before. I've had to pray over a bologna sandwich before. I don't care what happens. I'm not bowing out. You can't threaten me. You can't stop me. I believe God is going to take us through this thing. Clap your hands and give him a praise. Satan may fight you. Situations may fight you. Circumstances may fight you. But you've got knowledge that Jesus is able. You've got faith that Jesus is able. But you've got a commitment that he did it before and he will do it again. I'm not bowing down over a house. I'm not bowing down because why? I'm going to need to decorate the next one. I'm not bowing down because I lose a job. Because I'm going to need the next one. I'm not bowing out over a lost opportunity. Because I'm going to need the next one. I'm not bowing down over a relationship. Because I'm going to have another one. But I'm not bowing out over anything. I'm standing firm on the gospel of Jesus Christ. The only thing I'm going to bow to... I'm going to bow down at the altar and I'm going to pour out my heart and I'm going to pour out my failures. I'm going to repent for my sins. I'm going to say, God, I need you more. I'm going to lift up both hands. I'm going to worship with tears coming down my face, but I am not bowing out. You can lose your stuff, but don't lose your faith. You can lose your friends, but don't lose your faith. You can lose your strength, but keep your faith. You can lose your courage, but keep your faith. You can lose time, but keep your faith. You can lose money, but you ought to keep your faith. You can be struggling with money, but don't bow out. You can be struggling with a situation. You can be overwhelmed, but don't lose your faith. You can struggle with a circumstance, but keep the faith. You can be betrayed and belittled, but keep the faith. You can lose a job, but keep the faith. You can lose a spouse, but keep the faith. You can bury your child, but keep the faith. You can be downsized, but keep the faith. You can have to move to another place, but keep the faith. You can get sick, but keep the faith. You might lose your kidneys, but keep the faith. You might have heart trouble and high blood pressure, but keep the faith. You might be you might be weak on the outside, but keep the faith. Even if your house caught on fire, keep the faith. I don't care what happened, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would tell you to keep the faith. Oh! Glory to God. Woo! Mm, that's good right there. KFC, baby. KFC. I'm doing good. I tell you what, I'm going to eat today like I preached it good. Touch somebody and say, He is so good. Thank God He's almost done. I'm about look. I've hollered at everybody in this room evenly. I'm an equal opportunity yeller. I yell at everybody equally because I'm trying to wake you up inside. Keep the faith. I don't care what mandates they put on us. I want pastors like Pastor Samuel. Bring me the mandate we still have in church. Pastor Samuel has helped me to become a different preacher. Because two years ago, he was telling me, we got to get online. we got to be ready. I'm like, why well, we got to be ready, Samuel? He goes, 
because if this virus hits and they mandate us, we got to be able to connect with people online. We got to be able to go through the TV screens and we got to be able to go through the iPads and we got to be able to go through computers. I'm like, Samuel, you're pushing me. He is. And guess who's right? He is. You know how right he is? Then I met with a, a TV network out in West Texas just this week. We're going to be on two channels that cover West Texas and New, and, and New Mexico with another possibility of being on 14 channels. And the only thing they need me to do is have a camera, have two cameras and produce my own show 30 minutes once a week and it will cost me nothing. I would not have even considered it without you talking to me and saying, Woody, we got to think different. we got to think bigger. The world don't care how they tune in. Why do I need to care how they tune in? Now, I love church. I love people. I, I love people. I love church. But we got to be willing to not bow down and keep giving them Jesus no matter what the... No, no matter what the, what they call the platforms. They're different platforms. I'm like, I'm preaching on a platform. But you got to have people in your life that don't let you stay stuck in the past so much that you won't move forward. Amen. Last thing. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out, they didn't even smell like what they'd been in. Some of you need to stop telling everybody how bad it used to be. You need to stop telling them about your failure. You need to stop telling them about how miserable you were and how miserable that was and how bad that... Stop, talk, stop spending so much time talking about your sickness and your, broken, and your broken relationships and how everything failed. Start telling them about some victories. I have been in, in multiple accidents. I've totaled over eight vehicles. The last eight wrecks were not my fault. Okay? I don't go around and talking about my car wrecks. I go around talking about Jesus. I go around talking about my golf game. I go around talking about my four granddaughters. I got four beautiful granddaughters. I'm going to be literally broke for the next 25 years. Why? Because they're going to say, Papa, and I'm just going to open up that wallet and just smile. I'm just going to be tossing out money. I'm just going to the window right now and just throw it right out. Come on, y'all know what's going to happen to me. I'm going to get slimmer. I'm going to be down to one set of golf clubs. I mean, it's going to be rough. I might be on a bicycle. I don't want to smell like what I've been through. I don't want to smell like... I don't want to smell like past failures. I don't want to smell like... Broken relationships. I don't want to. I, I don't want. Have you ever been around somebody and they're just bitter? And they they just bitter because they woke up. And they just bitter because they had bad coffee. And they bitter because they didn't get French fries. And they bitter because they didn't get pecan pie. And they bitter. I'm like, shut up. I'm like, what are you not bitter about? Could I just have one day you ain't upset about something? Well, this is the day. This is the day the Lord has made. 
Well, well, I had a bad day. No, you didn't. You had a bad, you had a bad situation. You didn't have a bad day because this is the day the Lord has made and you could have died and went to a devil's hell, but he saved you and kept you from it. And every day is a good day under the Lord. I don't want to smell like, I don't want to smell like the negative things that I've been through. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went through the fire. They didn't come out of the fire smelling like smoke. They came out smelling like they'd been walking with Jesus. When people meet me, they're like, man, you're happy. What are you so happy about? I actually had one guy ask me about four weeks ago. I was... I was down to car races, and you know where I go, Jason. And I walked by, and the guy said, why are you so happy all the time? And I said, because I got Jesus. I said, and then, so I laid it on him then. I said, because I got saved when I was five. I got filled with the Holy Ghost when I was five. I got baptized three different times. I've been to church camp. I've been to church. I've been singing on, I gave him, I gave him the whole rigmarole. He's going to get it all now, getting on me, getting on me for being happy. You ever had somebody so miserable, they get on you for being happy? Oh, I wore him out. And I said, I've been to church camp. I've been to kids camp. I've been to church. I've been down at the altar. I've been singing since I was seven. I've been playing drums since I was 11. I've been preaching since I was 18. And Jesus is the sweetest thing I know. And he gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. And then I told that. I told him. I said, here's what I'm going to do. I said, I'm about to go to Dairy Queen. Do you want some ice cream? Do you know what he said? Yes. Look, if they're having a bad day, get ice cream. You don't pass out broccoli, you pass out ice cream. Come on now, somebody shout amen. I got an ice cream anointing. When it's 100 degrees, give me some ice cream. Even if it's been a rocky road, this Lord's still going to bless me anyway. Even if it's been swirled up with chocolate and vanilla, God's going to bless me anyway. Put a brownie underneath it. Put some nuts on top of it. Slap it with a little whipped cream. Put it in a waffle cone. But get you some ice cream and get the joy of the Lord inside. Somebody clap your hands and give him a praise. I just preached ice cream. Why? Because the world is watching you. The world is watching you. Stop smelling like them. Stop smelling like them. I don't care. It does. I'm trying to do better, Pastor. It doesn't matter. I do care about people. I care what happens to them. I'm trying. Pastors were working with me. I said, Woody, don't tell them you don't care. Tell them. That you are trying to help them. So I'm trying. It doesn't matter what political party does what. This is the day the Lord has made. And I will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm not going to smell like them. that better? Because I care. I, I want to say I don't care. I care. Okay. He's working with me, y'all. I'm telling y'all. He's good for me. And he's real. He's real. One time I, I pushed him into the golf cart one time on purpose. I want to find out if he flexed up and cussed me. I want to know. 
You know what he did? He smiled and laughed about it. Then in a minute, he pushed me back. With a grin on his chin. Who does this? And I said, I like him. He's real. He didn't let something negative change who he was. Stop smelling like the world. Well, this and well, this, well, this, well, this, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I will be glad. And if I'm not glad yet, I'll get ice cream. Who's mad after ice cream? I mean, I met a few people that get mad after ice cream, but it's just gone. I know the I know where the stove is, and I'll drive there by myself. Nobody else wants to ride with me because I've had a bunch of car wrecks. Whatever. <laughs> won't stop me from driving. Won't stop me from getting ice cream. I don't smell like a car wreck. I smell like I'm full of Jesus. Everybody, clap your hands. Give God a praise. <laughs>